Previously on that Cthulhu John. Don't you see it? Don't you see that pattern? I, oh. I just keep seeing it over and over. Where's Lenny so he could tell me this is all bullshit? So Lenny, you are still up at the wood cabin in the Poconos. When you take your gloves off, you mm-hmm. see that the very tips of each of your fingers are completely white. Uh, until the sun comes up, I, don't, I probably won't go anywhere. When you look okay. out the window, you see nothing out front of the cabin. Your truck is missing. Oh, no. Hey there, asshole. What's wrong with my fucking spaghetti? He grabs the snakes and starts jamming them down your fucking throat. Heather, tonight you have a dream too. This is actually a recurring dream for you. You're a mermaid, you swim through the sea, and you're forced into the darkness of the ocean below. And then you see a yellow light, and as you get closer to the light, it starts to illuminate long, needle-like teeth. Thanks for joining us for that Cthulhu John episode 25. We are a real play Call of Cthulhu podcast. I am George, your keeper of arcane lore. And with me are my friends and investigators, Chad. Hey, guys. Chuck. You're all going to die down here. (laughs) And Jenny. Hi. God damn it, Jenny. (laughs) (laughs) I just... Can I use that one before? <laughs> <laughs> if I remember right, when we left off, Lenny had just had a dream, and Heather had just had a dream. However, we don't know what Walter did after he dropped Heather off. Walter, how did you spend your night from 3 o'clock in the morning on? Did you just go home and go to sleep? Uh... I mean, roundabouts, more or less. Uh, I would have checked on Lenny and, I guess, seen that it wasn't there still. and Probably wouldn't yep. have pried too much. So, yeah, I mean, after that, um, there's no real way you could dig too much deeper. That's right. However there, Walter, it is weird that you spent basically an entire day without seeing his truck out front. Lenny's truck is almost always there. You hate it being there. But it's almost always there. There's still the three chairs lined up that he usually uses to keep his spot. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly concerning. Not that I really know him that well, but I mean, in the last couple of weeks, certainly, uh, particularly on Thursdays, even since before, I kind of got into the mix. Right. I've been here and that was part of his routine. So, I mean... Uh, though he doesn't really have any way to kind of pursue things further, it's definitely kind of nagging on him. Uh, it would definitely be something that's kind of in the back of his mind for sure. Absolutely. So what do you do when you get home? I mean, it's already pretty late for Walter. Uh, I mean, he doesn't have to be at work until noon, but he does, you know, try to get his full eight. So uh, probably not too much. Uh, maybe just do his typical peanut butter toast, have some decaffeinated tea. Right? Uh, Some chamomile. Yeah, there you go. Um, Probably pour over a couple pages in the Speculum Magus Volume 1. All right. So you continue to pour through those pages. Actually, anything uh, more specific? That uh, bit about the Aquarian Meteor Shower, was that in Volume 1 or a different volume? I I think it was later in the series, though. I think it probably wasn't anything uh, in the book that I have on me now. But um, is there... No, I mean, it's pretty old, so I guess there's not like a, a standard index or anything, but um, maybe uh, skim through whatever personal written notes are in the book and see if there's anything relating to the uh, Aquarian Meteor Shower or the Serpent People that he referred to in the other one. Are you looking for more of the line segments or are you just looking at the notes in the margins? No, this time it's more just uh, Ray... I can't remember his last name, but... Uh, his notes specifically, uh, Professor, I wrote down, Tooley. Yeah. Yeah. Raymond Tooley. Looking through his, you know, little notations, rather, on the uh, margins. 
Okay. So you start looking through those. And uh, you start looking through them, just kind of paging through them. There's notes every couple of pages, but they're not on every page. Sure. Give me a spot hidden roll. Darn it. No good. All right. So you're flipping through these kind of on the quick side. And uh, you don't see anything, really, about Quarried Meteor Shower or even anything about the Serpent People past what you've already read. That's okay. Uh, I mean, you know, there may be only specific things mentioned in each book. Um, is there anything of interest in any of these notes that I come across? Well, the notes kind of all seem to babble about some time before humans mm. and Earth prior to life as we know it right now okay well that's pretty fascinating um certain walter would be very interested in that um maybe a secondary question uh do the notes in this book seem to be about the same thing the notes are about in the other book or do they appear to be the different set of ideas completely i'm sorry which books are you comparing well, say like I had, you know, number nine in the series originally that I had poured through and found the Serpent People info in Aquarius Meteor Shower info. Um, you know, like the notes in the first book that I'm looking at now, do they appear to be connected or are they separate? It's tough to tell. They are okay. talking about two kind of different things. Are they connected? You're not sure. Okay. Well, if nothing else, I mean, I'm not really staying up too late, but I figure in the... 10-15 minutes that I take to munch on some toast and drink some tea. Just going to pour through some of these and see if there's anything of interest or noteworthy. And if not, probably just uh, lock things up and get some sleep. Walter, you pour through some of these notes that are in the margin and eventually your eyes just get too heavy, too dry, too tired. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of say, you know what, I'm just going to put this down for a second. I'm just going to go to bed. So you do, you go to bed, and uh, you wake up. First off, give me a constitution roll. What's your usual wake-up sign? Uh, if you were getting to bed at a normal hour, it'd probably be like 10 today. He'd okay. probably be pushing it. He'd probably be thinking of driving to work, so we'd probably be getting up at like 11 for a 12 o'clock shift at latest. Mm -hmm. 79. Not where my constitution is. Much higher. Okay. So, Walter, you wake up at 1 in the afternoon to your phone ring. <laughs> Damn it. And he picks it up. <clears throat> Hello. And it is your boss, Headley, on the phone. He's like, hey, Walter, uh, where are you? Yeah, about that. Uh, gosh, it was a pretty long night last night, and uh, I guess the uh, the alarm didn't wake me up. Uh, but you did. Let me throw some shoes on, and uh, I'll see you as soon as I can. Uh, he says, sure, Walter. Uh, just got a little concerned. You're usually here on time, but I mean, don't don't sweat it too much. This is, uh, well, uh, apologies. I, I didn't mean to sleep in, but uh, I'll see you soon. Right. So you hang your phone up, and as you hang your phone up, you see a little light blinking on the answering machine. Oh. Did I see one last night before I went to bed? You did not. Well, then I better play that thing. He's probably thinking it's just something to do with sleeping late, but you never know. And it is Officer Spichensky on the phone. Hi, uh, Mr. Uh, Pendergast. This is Officer Spachensky. We are currently investigating still the break-in at Joe Clock's bookshop. Yes, of course. Good to hear from you. Well, he's on an answering machine, so you can't talk to him. Oh, oh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spaced out there, sorry. So he continues. We have uh, progressed a little bit in the investigation, and if you could, when you have the time, give me a call back or stop by the, the uh, precinct. And he hangs up. Hmm. 
Uh, that's interesting. He was the guy that was in the bookstore before, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I think he gave me a business card, um, or at the very least, the notes that I wrote down. Did it mention which pre- precinct he uh, works at? Uh, yeah, it's one that's very close to downtown. Something I don't know the names of or what number of precincts there are. Or anything no, like no, no worries. It's probably the one. If it's in uh, Philadelphia, it's probably the one that's like that circular building. That roundhouse? Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, but yeah, precinct number or name, I'm not sure. But that's all good. Um, hmm. Yeah, that's right. I uh, kind of lost sight of that. Well, um,. I think uh, I might have to either give him a call, probably give him a call later. I don't know if I'll be heading down to the... Well, you're late for work right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Probably not the right time to be dwelling <laughs> on that anyway. Right. So I get my shite together and drive on down. Okay, so you get to work late. Traffic's a little bad on a Friday in the afternoon. Downtown, sure. anyway. Yeah, certainly. So you don't get there till about 2 o'clock. When you get there, it's not super busy, but only Headley's there, and he's kind of running around trying to do everything by himself. And he says, oh, Walter, there you are. We just got a a new batch of books in from Stephen King. We're going to put them up on the end cap in aisle B. Sounds great. You know, he just wants you to start stacking those books. Get to it. So you begin doing so. Uh, Stephen King, eh? He, he kind of says under his breath as he heads towards the boxes. Sounds like a good day. Around 3 o'clock after things have uh, picked up even a little bit more at the store. Ooh. You turn your head towards the tingling of the bell in the front door, like you always do. Mm-hmm. But this time, you see Professor Brightly walk in. Yep, 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 yep. And Brightly goes right up to Headley immediately. You see him exchange some words, and then Headley points towards you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Brightly starts to come towards you. I move to uh, meet him. Say, Professor Brightly. Says, oh, uh, yes, Mr. Pendergrass. <laughs> Mr. Pendergast, so nice to see you again. Yes, I'm sure you appreciate the quaint bookstore as well. We're still piecing it back together. He says, yes, um, it looks like something terrible happened here. (laughs) (laughs) And he, he says to you, um, however, regarding what happened here, it seems that a student of mine may have been implicated into what happened at your bookstore. And I was just wondering, um, perhaps charges might be dropped against uh, anyone that may be implicated in this robbery. Give me a psychology roll. Hmm. Way high. Um, I'm not exactly sure what uh, Brightly said there. Um, Oh, Brightly said to you, I was wondering if you could perhaps get the owners of the shop to drop charges, stop the investigation, things of that nature. Uh, well, I'm not sure that the police have someone in mind for uh, the damage that had been done here. Well, it would seem that one of my students uh, was somehow, I guess, brought up in the investigation. The only thing that has him right now being held at the station is the fact that he has some minor cuts on his hand. Hmm. Well, uh, yeah... Not exactly sure what to say there, Professor Brightly. I suspect the police will handle their business in due time, but I could uh, certainly speak with my employers as to the uh, incident which has happened here. I would imagine he looks a little confused. I would just be interested if you 
could persuade them in some sort of way to just say that everything's fine with the investigation. You know, um, anyone could just go home. There's actually... Can I talk to you in a more private area, Mr. Pendergast? Of course. He gestures to the back. He says, right this way. All right. So you go to your back room. Mm-hmm. I offer him a chair. I imagine there's at least one, but uh, there might be a second one somewhere. Maybe like a little folding metal chair or something I can break out for myself. Okay. So that's what you do. You break out a folding metal chair for him. And before he sits down, he breaks a handkerchief out of his breast pocket and he wipes the chair down a little bit. (laughs) And then he sits down on it. A good call. I'm sure it's uh, rather dusty. Storage and all. And he says to you, Mr. Pendergast, let me be frank with you. If you could stop the police investigation, perhaps um, there could be... An exchange between me and you. An exchange, sir, of knowledge. Well, I wish you had just led with that in the first place. This is, um, you know, uh, all this business. He says to you, well, he says to you, well, um, there's a reason why I didn't lead with it. I didn't want anyone around here of let's say, lower intelligence than folks like you and I, for example, so that they wouldn't hear it. I'm sure Walter couldn't help but smile at that. Um, Give me a psychology roll. Again, this is a pushed one. And he fails. And Professor Brightly says to you, Why are you looking at me like that? There's no reason to be suspicious or anything. He says, Well, uh, to be honest with you, I would hope that that is the case. And uh, to be frank with you, simple matter is uh, I have done a little research into Professor Tooley's uh, studies, and uh, I must say I'm... He stops you there. He says, How much do you know? Well, depending on how you look at it, it could be unfortunate or not, but uh, I suppose I have way more questions than I have answers, but uh, I have uh, at least established some degree of what his studies had been uh, focused about, um, but I can't make complete sense of it without all the information. Do you know uh, how far he had gotten in his uh, research? His research has been more narrowed down in the last few years of his life. However, his studies have been expanded throughout his life. Um, Is there any specific thing you would like to know about? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. We can only talk about that if charges get dropped. (laughs) (laughs) Dropped? Uh, he says, um, fortunately, the bookstore is insured, and I don't think that the uh, damages were so severe that business can't continue here, so. Though, obviously, I have yet to speak with them. The detective uh, in charge of the case had reached out to me, and I uh, had hoped to speak with him later today. Oh, no. Um, I'm sorry. And he, he just kind of breaks a little bit there since you know that there's something else about the speculum mages I would be inclined to be perhaps a bit more forthworth with you a bit more truthful I'm just afraid that if this student of mine gets implicated in this break-in, that perhaps it would somehow lead back to me. Being that I was here not too long beforehand, uh, raising a bit of a stink. Yes, well, I guess uh, given the nature of the Speculum Magus itself, 
some things uh, could be overlooked. The uh, uniqueness of the books and the knowledge contained therein is uh, something special. And I would uh, hate for any distractions to arise because of a misunderstanding. Ah, yes, distractions. Which is precisely what all of this unfortunate business is with (laughs) the police and so forth. So, Mr. Pendergast, if you could just convince your... Mm, let's not call them superiors, but the owners of the bookshop to not further the investigation. That would be fantastic. And he stands up from the seat and uh, he looks around the room a little bit and he says, uh, very nice collection, by the way. He turns and he walks out. I'll accompany you, I guess. And uh, he closes the door behind him and uh, at least walks him out to the lobby. I mean, he may not walk him to the okay. door, but... Uh, yeah. All right, so you walk him out to the lobby and he turns to you and he says, Well, I suppose I'll be taking my leave now. Well, I hope the next time we speak, it'll be under more favorable conditions, Professor Brightly. Perhaps I should write down my personal number. And uh, he takes a pen out of his pocket, Scratches a number down in a little notebook that he has and rips the page out and hands it to you. Very good. I hope to be in touch with you shortly. Yes, I would hope so. And he leaves. What do you do from there, Walter? That fucking guy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well... I think the first thing you do is look at a clock, see what the hell time it is by the time all that's over. It's four o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, how is the store looking right now? Uh, has it slowed down a little bit or still pretty steady? It's actually picking up even more Shit. right now. Even worse. Well, then I get back to it. I'm going to start <laughs> pushing them Stephen King books. <laughs> all right. So you get back to the shelves and whatnot. And uh, let's go back to Lenny. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't, we don't have to. Can I just no. sleep longer? Yeah. Let me sleep. It's oh, peaceful you. here. There's no snakes. Eat my snakes, Caddy. Take a little nap. Lenny, you wake up. You wake up to the sun poking through the window. Okay. Check your watch. Yeah. And it is seven in the morning. Okay. More, more sleep than I thought I would get. I uh, carefully get up and maybe do some light stretches. Some light stretches, and your back doesn't feel so bad. All right. It's not so bad. I don't know what what I got shot up with, but I feel a lot better. You know, I have a feeling today is going to be a wonderful day. (laughs) (laughs) Like a dead body rotten next to you. Your back still hurts. Your truck is missing. So I get up. I, uh... Kind of stretch my hands a little bit. Do I, are my fingers, are my fingers any better? No, they're still white and uh, painful to the touch. Damn. Yeah, boil you some water, dip them shits in there. Yeah, warmed by, by some fire. I mean, I don't, if they're not warmed up from my body heat yet, I don't know. Poor little digits. Um, so do I not get a hit point back from sleeping? <laughs> No, you do get a hit point back from sleeping stuff. Oh, nice. Um, Everyone does. Even though you had bad dreams. Uh, I look outside. I look out the windows. Try to get an eye of what's going on around the cabin without going outside. It doesn't look like anything's around right now. Look out the windows. You don't see anything but trees and snow on the ground. All right, well, there were no weapons uh, aside from the one I had on me, right? Nope. I thought the skiff had a gun. Yeah, I didn't know if he dropped it or I don't recall. Was it picked up? No, no, no. Uh, You picked it up, but... It was taken. uh, It got taken from you. The only one you have is the shotgun. Uh, Give me an education roll, though, real quick. Fifty-six out of fifty-three. Whoops. All right. Um, you remember that you have the shotgun on you. Yeah. 
at least there's that. Uh, I put on my jacket, my gloves, and uh, I'm I'm not gonna bury this guy. I don't I don't know. Uh, it's time to make some moves and figure some shit out. Like uh, sitting here ain't gonna help. I'm wasting time, especially if I don't have a shovel or a pick. You have a you have a spade, but that's it. Um, well, fuck that. <laughs> um, so I leave. All right, you leave the uh, cabin. Where do you go? Down the flame if I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and I start walking toward the road, I guess. Maybe get, grab an extra oh. blanket to throw over me, around, over top of my jacket and all. All right. You walk towards the road. Um... Uh, towards where you parked your truck? Yeah. Alright. Um, you notice nothing but a couple, like, six tire treads that have, uh, imprinted themselves in the snow, and then looks like something has pulled away. Yeah. Alright. You do not see your truck anywhere. Uh, so on the way here, what is the closest hint of civilization, or even, uh... Telephone poles, for that matter. Out closer to the main road, there are some bigger houses out there that probably have telephones. Okay, so I started walking along the main road, and if I see any um, what look like maybe telephone wires leading up to a house, I'll, I'll head up to it. Okay. So Especially. you head up to a random house that looks like it has wires going to it. Especially if it looks empty. And there's no tire marks in the snow. I see. Because okay. it is the off-season. I forgot you were a criminal until right now. It is. So. It's easier that way. You go up to a house that looks like the whole driveway is just covered in snow. Uh, you do see telephone wires leading to it. Looks like, just judging on the snowfall that no one's been here for a while. You don't see any footprints around there. You don't see any tire treads. Is it like a side door um, that the driveway might lead up to rather than the front or around back? There's a, fr- there's a front door, and that's all you can see from the main road. What's next to the driveway? Is it like woods or... I guess there's woods around, right? There's woods around, yeah. In order to mask my approach, I, I don't, uh, you know, walk down the driveway and leave a bunch of footprints. I'll uh, make a roundabout way through the woods. So as you go through the woods, as you go through the woods, uh, peeking through the trees there, you see that there is indeed a side door. There's also a back door. Um, do I see any smoke or anything coming out of any of the chimneys or any, you know? You do not. All right. Um, I will approach uh, whichever door is closer. Or easier to get to, side door, back door. Side door is the easiest one to get to. I, uh, I'll check it out. Does it have an alarm? Uh, not that you can see. I don't know what you would do for this one. Sometimes they got little, little things on the windows, so if you break the window, it'll, it'll just, you know. (laughs) Right, yeah, give me a spot hidden roll then. No, fail. Alright, you don't see any sort of alarm or anything on here. Check it out a little bit and you know what? Cover my tracks a little or just to be sure, I'm gonna go check the back door and okay. have a look around that one as well. Alright. And maybe some of the windows on the way. Would this be like pushing it? This would be a push roll. This is how I'm pushing it. All zeros is bad, right? Or is all zeros good? All zeros is bad. All zeros is bad. That's a hundred. That's a critical fail. I critically failed. So, Lenny, as you're going around the back door, you go to check out one of these windows and you slip on some ice and your hand goes right through the window. Mm-hmm. It shatters. Mm-hmm. You get a bunch of glass stuck up in your hands mm-hmm. and you lose <laughs> two hit points. <laughs> okay. However, no alarms go off or anything. Give me a listen roll. Fucking silver linings, I guess. Um, listening as I'm uh, using some of the blanket to bandage up my hand. Maybe pick up some yep. of the glass. Uh, listen, mm-hmm. 23 out of 45. That's a pass. All right. 
You don't hear anyone inside. Uh-huh. You would think maybe you would after shattering the glass. Yeah. But you're pretty sure there's no one around right now. Slipping in the snow and shit. Getting too old. Martha, get my shotgun. <laughs> Dang kids are pushing their hands through my windows again. <laughs> some of the blankets and maybe clean up some of the blood and uh, unlock the window through the now broken glass hole. Yep, so you unlock the window and you can slide it right up. I do. You still wearing those strangler gloves? I did put them back on, yeah. Yeah. So you open that window and you, what, step in through it? Yep, I climb in. Okay, you do so. And as you step in, you can see that uh, the place is actually pretty lavishly decorated. Some of the furniture looks like it has been here for 10, 20 years, something like that. Uh, Not quite antique, but definitely not modern. Mm -hmm. The house that you're in has all wood paneling around it, trying to make it kind of look like, I guess, a wood cabin, but it is not. It is a uh, more modern build. Yeah. You can see there's a light switch on the wall. I don't really need the lights, right? I mean, uh, there's enough residual light from the sun, I assume. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But that can give you the idea that this place at least has electricity. That's true. Um, I don't necessarily need that. I just need the phone. Uh, So I look around for a phone. All right, so you come through the house for a little bit. In the kitchen, you see a telephone on the wall. Um, Do I have a number to contact Chucky? You have his beeper number. I don't know if he... I'm not going to sit here and wait for him to page me back, I guess. Um, I look around through, like, the kitchen and stuff. Is there, like, any, uh, any drawers or any menus or any uh, anything that would have any addresses nearby? Um, There's nothing in the drawers except silverware. No. There is no phone book in here. Do I find a phone? You do find a phone, however. Um... Do I still have Walter's card? Do I do I know his number? Or I'm going to say at some point Walter gave you his phone number. Feel around for his business card, I guess, if I can't remember it. All right, so you find his business card. And where do you call? The bookshop? It is Friday day, right? Maybe I'll try him at the bookshop because I assume he's not home. It is Friday morning for you around 7 in the morning. Uh, oh, yeah, so maybe they're not even open. Hmm. Maybe I should wait here for some time then. Okay. So you wait a little Is while. Is there any way I look around for something to repair the window with? Something to cover it up? All right, there are, there's duct tape that you find and some, like, trash bags. Can I patch my hand over the duct tape, Absolutely too? Absolutely, you can. Give I'm me a first, first aid roll. Uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> It wouldn't be first aid. First aid is just for stabilizing people. This would be a medicine roll. Oh, I see. Is there anything to clean it with? Uh, they have, uh, you know, soap and water. Any medicine? Soap and water works. Um, this sounds more like a first aid. I mean, it does, but I'm just telling you what the system is. How do you crit fail so soon? I, I crit failed again. Three zeros. Wow. I'm not good at cleaning it. No, you're not. All those ones. Uh, Lenny, you go to... still glass in there, I would guess. So you go to clean this thing out, and uh, you turn on the faucet, and brown water starts coming out onto your hand. Mm. That's probably good. Yeah. And you can feel it stinging a little bit more than probably it should. Can you push a crit fail? You cannot. <laughs> well, I mean, all I can do really let the I gotta get better than this. Let the water run and see if it cleans up, or see if they have any stored water anywhere. Mm, right. So look around a little bit. You do see water dispenser, like cooler kind of things, mm-hmm. with the big five-gallon drum on top. I look next to the front door too. Is there a keypad? There's not. Okay, good. <laughs> Just in case. Um, all right, then I attempt to re-rinse my hand even if it has no effect using a water cooler you re-rinse your hand and it feels cool 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 water yeah on your hand cool 
Cool beans, beans. Oh, but I do have his house number, I guess. So after I try to clean my hand up and take a few to repair the window, I do call his house number. Hey, Walters? I assume I get the machine, yeah. Okay, you get the machine. And when you get the machine, it just beeps right away. And then it beeps again, like it's broken or something. Yeah, his mailbox is full, maybe. Uh, Walter. Um... Uh, maybe I'll try to leave a message at Heather's. Do I have her? I do have her number, Ben. <laughs> I know you have my number. You talk to my answer machine all the time. I'm going to go ahead and assume you have her number. BFFs, yeah. man. Um, then I will leave a message there because I assume she ain't going to answer that neither. I don't know. What time did we leave you off at, Heather? Five o'clock a.m. Five in the morning, so about seven in the morning, you get a call from Lenny. The phone rings, and you kind of wake up like in like a sleep-deprived, sluggish awakening. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're like, "Ah, what the fuck?" And you answer the phone. Uh, Hey there, Heather. Uh, Hello. Just listen. I'm kind of I'm kind of stuck up in the Poconos. I uh, don't know exactly. I mean, I kind of know where I am, but uh, I wouldn't know uh, where to tell you to go. Well, I might. I drove up there and got good navigation skills. You have good navigation, yeah. right? Do you have above fifty? It's fifty. It, it is, is fifty. Great. That means you can teach navigation. Okay. Right. Good Give me a navigation roll. Let's get three zeros again. Try that out. There's no way it's going to happen again. Do the thing where you get a one. But a 94 ain't going to do it either. 94 ain't going to do it. So you start trying to explain to Heather where you're at. Heather, you know where the Poconos are. Okay. That's yeah. about it, though. Um, do you want to push that roll there, Lenny? I, um... <laughs> break, break your other hand. <laughs> break the phone. Somehow you push the roll and your arm goes through the oh, table. Um, All right. You accidentally karate chop the phone as you reach out to grab it. And... I say, uh, I called Walter first, but I think his answer machine is full. Uh, I'm not sure if I can wait here all day. Uh, so maybe, um, maybe I'll call back and let you know uh, when I figure out exactly where I'm at. Uh, somebody stole my truck. So I'm on foot. You don't even know what road you're on? Yeah, I mean, I don't know where... It's a long road. There ain't much on it. It's a tough way to explain how to get there since there's so okay. many small roads. I don't necessarily want to give away the location of a dead body and, and the safe house either. Oh, I see. Okay. So I'm going to hang back and not push. Uh, so instead, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll call back uh, if, you, uh, if you hear from him, I guess. Uh, see if you can... Uh, Get him to pick me up, or uh, I'll take a cab if I can find one. But I, I'll keep in touch. I had a crazy day. Uh, things are really bad. <laughs> you did have a crazy day. I, uh, yeah. I didn't think I was going to make it out of that one. So, Lenny, you hang up with Heather. <laughs> Just leave it at that. It's the freakiest phone call to ever fucking get. Yeah. I didn't know what to do. Needed some connection. Hey, I'm trapped. I can't tell you where I am. Okay, bye. (laughs) TTYL. I'm alive, though. Hey. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. uh, So, Lenny, you hang up with her, and it's pretty cold in this house. Yeah. Um, Looks like the heat hasn't been on for a while. Any other jackets, gloves, scarves, or anything like that around? I look around if for any closets or... You look through the closets and you do find some pretty heavy winter coats. Nice. Okay. Then, yoink. All right. Uh, Can I ask a question real quick? Sure. Can I do that thing where you, uh, like, star six, seven, and they tell you the phone number? Remember, like, back in the day you could do, like, star 87 or star six, seven, and it would tell you the phone number that called you back? I don't and then you know. Could, I actually had a question about that, too. You could too. also do the one <laughs> where you block your number. What was it? Star 69? Well, a lot of the phones back then. One was like Star... Star 69 would call yeah. them back. Star 69, yeah. that is... But that would just call the number that called you last. Uh, 
But um, the other thing I had wondered about that is a lot of those older phones, they had that piece of paper with the clear piece of plastic over like it. With their number uh, on it. Yeah. That would say what the phone number at that yeah. house is. I wondered if it had that on the phone that you just You used. could also call the but, operator and they would. you could say someone just called my house and yeah. you could get the number. Oh, that you could definitely do back in 85. Yeah. So you can call the mm-hmm. operator. Yeah, and do like a reverse like phone lookup thing. All right, so you call her and he's like, she's like, (laughs) how may I direct your call, please? Oh, hi, uh, I just got an emergency call from a number and we we lost our connection. And I was wondering if you could give me the number of the last last person to call here. Absolutely no problem, ma'am. We'll have the number come (laughs) through in just a moment. And you, you hear a click and you hear a little little uh, Muzak play for a second. And then you hear a click again and someone else is on the line, a man this time, and he gives you the phone number. Okay, great. <laughs> then can I call information and do that reverse phone lookup where you ask for a address from a phone number? Uh, sure you can. It's 85. Why not? Assuming that it is listed that way. Right. Yeah. So how about a luck roll with advantage on this one? So you're going to roll your luck with the two Mm -hmm. dice. And then you're going to re-roll the ten dice. The ten dice. The one that has, that's 90, 10, 30, all those ones. Okay, okay, okay. I didn't know if you meant, like, the ten-sided guy. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry, Lenny. What's the first 70, roll? 77. Okay, now re-roll the tens die. Okay. 30. So you take the 30. <gasps> oh. That's yeah, the you advantage. Keep the, keep the lower. You keep the better roll. Cool. Is that under your luck? Yeah. All right. I have 60. So guess what? The the address is listed as well uh, when you call information. I'm going to find you, bestie. I'm going to find you. (laughs) (laughs) So you give it the address, but it's somewhere you've never heard of before. Okay, and it's still, like, what time is it now? You said, like, 8, 7-ish, 8 about, after all this? Yeah, we're going to say it's about 8 in the morning after you've done all those phone calls and everything. Okay. Uh, call. I want to call Walter. You call Walter, but his answering machine is full. Okay. I guess I'd, I want to say I just go over to Walter's. You can go over to Walter's. You bang on the door, and you don't hear any response. Oh, okay. So I just go back uh, home, and I'm just going to wait till it's time for him to be at work and call him there. Okay, so that's what you do. You take your time, go home, try to get into some semblance of normalcy. We'll say around 3 o'clock, Ginger's door just swings open, like, super loud, like, slams against the wall. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so late. I am so late for rehearsal. Oh my God, Professor Bradshaw is going to be so mad at me. She's putting on her shoes as she's trying to walk out the door. And you see her leave. Okay. And uh, what did you just wait around till you know Walter's going to be at work? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Okay, so we'll say around 10 o'clock comes and you call the bookshop. And they mm-hmm. tell you that Walter's not there right now. Okay, I probably tell them that I went to his house and nobody was answering. Okay, so what happens then is that they hear that no one was answering. They call Walter and eventually he wakes up. Uh, Walter then is at work and it's about four o'clock. And Heather, do you try back at that point? Yeah. Okay, Walter, Professor Brightly has just left and there's you hear... Uh, Headley call out to you. Walter, uh, phone call for you. Jeez. It's like a nonstop uh, revolving door today. Very popular. And, uh, he shuffles over to the phone. Sets his coffee down, mm-hmm. probably. Hello, this is Walter. Walter, it's Heather. 
Um, I know where Lenny is. He's like, he's in a bad situation. I think he's hurt and he's like kind of lost. Um, what? You don't by any chance want to drive to the Poconos? I did like a whole thing where I, you know, looked up his, called the operator and then looked up the address and I have the address of wherever he called me from. I don't even know if he's still there, but he doesn't sound good. I uh, kind of got into work late today. Uh, I might be pushing it if I tried to leave early, but, um, I mean, my car is in Center City with me. I mean, if you have a license, you can go up there and pick him up and uh, meet up with me after work. Are you sure? I swear, I'm an excellent driver. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we don't uh, want our buddy to be stuck up in the Poconos. I mean, you know, I can always take the train to anywhere I got to go after here. Okay. Is, uh, but, you know, uh, you might want to prepare. You know, the mountains is good uh, several hours there and back. I mean, it's going to be like putting in a whole work shift. You working tonight? Uh, I mean, I'm supposed to, but I mean, I never call out. I'm just going to call Sal and see if I can get out of it. I mean, what's he going to do? Fire me? <laughs> <laughs> he chuckles at that a little bit. Says, uh, well, I mean, it's either that or... Um, if Lenny's uh, okay for a little bit, I mean, I could go up with you too, but, you know, I, I'll probably still be here for another four hours. I figure we probably got at least another two or three hour drive to wherever this place is, maybe more. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, if you can contact him again and see if he wants to wait, that's one thing. But, uh, you know, if he's in a bad way and you want to pick him up sooner, you're welcome to use the car. Oh, my God, you're right. Why didn't I call? Oh, my God. Let me call him back and tell him where he is. He doesn't even know where he is. Oh my god. <laughs> Idiot. Oh, yeah. God damn yeah. it. That, that sounds like a good yep. idea. Yep. Yeah, I'll still okay. be here for a little bit. So, uh, just I'll call, call back. you back. So around four o'clock, Lenny, <laughs> you hear the phone ring again. I was I wouldn't stay there that long. I didn't I didn't want to. I Once know. I got some more warm oh. clothes. You I didn't was... want to stay there that long. No. No, since I broke in, you know. What are you doing then, Lenny? Grabbed them warm clothes and stuff, and uh, I wanted to mosey on down the road uh, somewhere closer to civiliza- civilization so I can call her back. But I didn't want to wait around. I enough. called him. But when you call him, there's no answer. Yeah. That's at oh, 4 o'clock. So let's see what idiot. Lenny does until 4 o'clock. So from 8 a.m., uh, I would have started walking down the road. Oh my god, it's so fucking cold. Luckily you have all those extra jackets on. Yeah. How do you follow, do you follow the road? Do you follow the uh, electrical poles? What are you following right now? Um, <clears throat> I mean, from what I remember of the area from the map, when I right. plotted my course or Navigation whatever. Navigation roll. Yeah. Just try to get back oh. to civilization, whatever it may be. Whatever I think might be easier. Probably not the telephone pole. They'll probably stay on the road. And a 15 will do it. All right. Is that a hard pass? Yes. All right. Excellent. So, Lenny, you know exactly what road to walk down. Uh, however, you know till you get to an actual town or anything, uh, it took you an hour to drive up here. I mean, in your big rig. But from the nearest town. From from the nearest town. I'd imagine it wasn't. We probably weren't going very fast. Uh, it's going to be a long walk, I realize, but... It's going to be a long walk. Uh, um, a few hours, maybe. A couple hours. So we, left you, we left you off at like 8 a.m.? Yeah. When we started off? Let's see how many hours it takes. hours okay that gets you to 11 in the morning when you finally reach a small town towards one of the flatter points of the mountain okay is there like a gas station or anywhere i could call a cab and wait there is no gas station there is however like a diner there okay that's even better so you go into the diner they tell you just to have a seat. There's a payphone there if you need it. I say, uh, yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll have a sit down first and wait for the wait staff. All right. So it's about a half hour wait before anyone actually gets to you. There's Great like, three, there's like, yeah, there's like three people working here. 
And uh, it's pretty busy. It's a Friday. I see. Um, I have my wallet and money on me, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, I get a coffee, maybe some breakfast, and I ask uh, for the number of a cab company. What, the taxi? Yeah. Um, the cab company says it'll be there in about two hours. I've got time to wait, I guess. So I uh, take my time eating, drink plenty of coffee. Um, probably go in the bathroom and clean up my hand again if I can at some point. Okay. Uh, this time you clean up your hand and uh, some of the scratches look a little little deeper than they than you might feel comfortable with without stitches. But, you know, it's, it's, it's coagulating. It's starting to clot up. Okay. Um, I just wait and try to not appear as like some dirty, bloody, homeless guy that's <laughs> with a blanket on uh, before I leave I make a phone call and I call Heather oh the cab takes a little bit longer than you think to get there uh, than they estimated for you and around 4.30 they get there but before you leave you give Heather a call uh-huh. hey there Heather uh, I found uh, some civilization uh, getting a cab I guess I'll be home in a few hours a little beat oh, up. Oh my god, it's amazing. I know I, I know where you are though. I found the address of where you were. Oh. So uh Yeah, I wasn't gonna stay there. Uh, shouldn't have been there. <laughs> uh, you might want to lose that address. So you don't need a ride? Not anymore. The cab's here. Uh, anyway I gotta go. Oh okay. Call me when you get home? <laughs> They'll let you know though, you know. I don't know anybody. So you get in the cab, and the guy's like, hey, uh, where you going, Mac? Uh, South Philly. South Philly? It's a long ride, but, uh, you know, I got the cash, pal. Says, uh, you know, I, I, hope you, I hope you got the cash. Uh, how much you carrying on you right now? Um, probably got some cash. He's like a gangster dude, right? What's your cash level? Oh, yeah. $1,040. In cash? That's what it says. Sweet. All right. So you you flash him like a a wad of hundreds, uh-huh. and he's like, "Oh, oh, okay. We go to Philly then." <laughs> I um, yeah. I'll make sure I take care of you too. Thanks, pal. I'm a little down on my luck. Uh, kind of got stranded up here. So it takes about four hours to get to Philadelphia from the Poconos. Jesus. And we were at what four thirty, eight thirty when you get home. What are Walter and Heather doing until 8.30? Sounded like it was a pretty busy day at work, so I'll be shuffling books and offering some customer service best I can. All right, come about 8.30, though. Headley's, you know, things are winding down. And Headley says to you, uh, Walter, I think I can finish up here for the night. You can go home if you'd like. Yeah, I guess uh, it's about that time. Um, but, you know, I wanted to ask you... Um, that uh, Brightly guy, he uh, seemed to want to um, talk to me about uh, you know charges being pressed against uh, someone in connection to the um, ransacking of the store, for lack of better terms, he says. Um, did the police contact you with any uh, additional uh, leads or uh, anything about that nature? He said, yeah, actually, this morning, right when we opened, we got a call from a... Officer Spitensky? Yeah, same guy contacted me, okay. And he said that they had some kid, uh, I think his name might have been Harry or something like that. Hmm. It was no one it was no one whose name I recognized. Yeah, that might be going back to the uh sleuthing that I had done the other night. Um well Maybe a different question then. Um, I, as silly as this sounds, given all the huff and gruff that he came in here with, I uh, still entertain the thought of perhaps uh, uh, working on a mutual kind of exchange of information with this Professor Brightly. Um, and I guess, uh, you know, on a side note, you know, this. Harry, whoever he is, I mean, he's a student-athlete, and uh, I suppose if uh, his future were to be tarnished by uh, this uh, break-in business, that could 
potentially have some negative ramifications. Um, what were your thoughts, I guess, uh, as far as pressing charges? Uh, I mean, you said this stuff was all insured before. Is pressing charges an avenue you would hope to go down? or? Well, Headley says to you, well, you know, there's a part of me that wants, you know, whoever did this to pay for it, basically. I mean, granted, yeah, the insurance covers pretty much everything, but, you know, it, it just pisses me off that someone came in and did this to our shop. Give me a persuade roll with advantage since you are one of his favorite people. Yeah, Time to not fuck up. one of the few the bonus die. actually got an increase in last time. Come on, bonus die. Yeah, that was fun. I like the bonus die. Shit. Oh, I think I'm going to have to spend a little bit of luck. Can't take it with you. Uh, nope. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna spend uh, 13 points of luck. That's, That's not that bad. Thankfully, I got 10 last time we rolled. That's right, yeah. A... Ah, so you're barely spending anything, then. It doesn't even... Yeah, when you think about it. <laughs> when you think about it, it's like really like you're spending three points. Uh... Yeah, but then the next time when I'm about to die, and I've got like two luck right. left. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I spend the extra points. Okay. So you try to convince him. How exactly do you try to convince him? Um, essentially, if nothing else, I would hope to persuade him to stay his hand of execution long enough for me to pursue the exchange of knowledge with this Professor Brightly. Okay. But, I mean, Walter does still have a heart. And, I mean, realistically, if this dude were sentenced for, you know, breaking and entering and ransacking a business in Center City, I'm sure that would probably affect his collegiate status as an athlete and all that stuff so like you know he's not really out to destroy this person and originally he was kind of of the same mindset as Headley of wanting somebody to pay for this but Mm -hmm. you know he is also swayed by the potential uh finding out what the specula mages contain i see so so you do a good job of Talking to Headley down a little bit, he had a kind of a full head of steam about going through with trying to convict this kid. But you calm him down a little bit, and he eventually turns to you and says, uh, You know what, Walter? I guess since everything's covered by the insurance, and we got the cameras installed now, or we're getting them installed now, and I guess we don't have to ruin some kid's life, right? I mean, just probably made a dumb decision. I guess we'll we'll tell Spich- Officer Spichensky that we don't have to pursue anymore. And uh, he nods and says, um, "Thank you, Headley. I honestly, I, I hope we're both making the right decision. But regardless, I'll try to make it up to you, uh, one way or another. Uh, hopefully, with some uh, interesting insight from these uh, super antique books from the 1600s. But if not," some hard work and uh, diligence or you know if you guys need some time off whatever it may come down to uh, I'll be there for you guys I really appreciate everything you do for me uh, Headley says to you oh yeah well I hope we're making the right decision Walter but you know I trust you and uh, I look forward to what you can tell us about those old books well me too and uh, if he's got a cup of coffee or anything i'd uh, make the cheers but if not um he cheers his ear with his coffee <laughs> nice he's pretty nerdy like that mm-hmm. and um uh, walter probably finishes the rest of his cup rinses it out and uh makes to head on out for the night all right so 8 30 you head on out you get back to your house around nine mm-hmm. when you get back to your house you still see that lenny's Three chairs are still out there saving his parking spot. But you see the light on in Lenny's house. Hmm. Yay. Uh, well, with that, I think I might go to his place first and knock on the door. Lenny, shortly after you get home, you just started to kind of settle down, calm your nerves a little bit. I, I, I had some hot water. I made some, like, 
some soapy hot water. I'm, I'm trying to clean my hand a bit and also soak my fingies a bit as well. Gotcha. Uh, I think I might have to go to the hospital. Fingies. Fingers, I'm sorry. <laughs> I meant to say fingers. My poor fingies. <laughs> I meant to say fingers. Well, I didn't. Uh, you said fingies. But yeah, so I'd probably be in the middle of warming up my hands and cleaning out that wounds best I can. Try to make sure the glass is out. Now, the feeling of the pins and needles jamming into your fingers has gone away. Uh-huh. However, the tips are still white, and now you can't feel them. Okay. Well, I mean, they're not black. That's still, it's good. No, they're not black, but you can't feel them at all. Yeah, I might need that hospital, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> so, you get home, and you hear a little knock on the door after uh, settling in for a bit. Um, it's probably locked, so. Yeah dry off my hands and walk over to the door. Click, clack, click, click. We had a chain and all that. 70 locks. There you see Walter standing there. Oh, wait there, Walter. Come on in. Hey, uh, everything okay, buddy? Uh, I had a day. Uh, there's a lot going on. <laughs> he follow, or he comes in and, uh, you know, tries to knock any ice or snow off his shoes. Get like a little, uh, Little doormat here. Maybe slip off his boots. I'm sure. Probably a little little tile entrance, like a mat and uh, yeah. maybe an old like the old boot scrubber thing. Mm-hmm. With the, like the brushes like angled in. Little bristles. Uh-huh. Is it snowing, or is there fresh snow outside, or is it all just ice, or what's going on outside? Outside right now, there's no snow on the ground. It's just oh, okay. it's just cold as shit. Uh, there's patches of ice here and there where puddles have uh, accumulated over the last week. But otherwise, yeah, sure. I mean, you can see the ice where it's there. Just avoid it. I peek my head out the door and look up and down the block before closing it behind him. Uh-huh. <laughs> Give a little look around. <laughs> you don't see too much. You know, just kind of an empty street right now. Makes him look a little paranoid. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's paranoid anymore. <clears throat> Walter, give me a psychology roll. <laughs> It's, uh, jeez, you, uh, look like you might have been through it, pal. You ain't kidding. Uh, that is a fail. That's a fail. Uh, Lennon doesn't seem too shook up to you or anything. He seems kind of normal. You know, he's just had a day. I start walking back toward the kitchen, remove the towel from my hand, go back to cleaning it. All right. Walter, you see this big gashing wound on uh, Lenny's hand. Holy shit. You, uh... Jeez. I slipped on some ice. Uh, it was kind of embarrassing, and actually my hand went through a window. Uh, but I was going to break into that house anyway, so, uh, you know... <laughs> <laughs> kind of worked out. That's, uh, that's where I called Heather from. Uh, I don't know what you heard. Uh, but I was pretty much... a bit at that. Pretty much left stranded up in the poker nose. I don't know how much I can really tell you. Oh... Uh... Well, I mean, I, I guess I don't really need all the details if that's an issue, but uh, I'm just glad to see you're back in mostly one piece. Uh, boy, that looks pretty nasty. You uh, you want to ride to the uh, hospital or anything? Yeah, you know, I think uh, I think I better. But uh, honestly, I gotta make a I gotta make a private call first. First and foremost, probably more important. Walter, you have noticed. Um that although Lenny is home, his truck is not there. Yeah, I mean, I kind of thought about that, but he, what he said about how not knowing how much he can tell me, and what I said to him about the details and stuff, I didn't think I was uh, best off prying. So okay, do you just go home then? Uh, not quite, uh, but yes, eventually. Uh, he says, "Well, yeah, I mean, do uh, whatever it is you got to do, but you know, you got my number uh, if you." Uh, yeah, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll come over and knock, uh, you know, uh, shortly. Yeah, sure, take your time. I mean, I was thinking maybe uh, stop by uh, see Heather, but uh, other than that, I'm not really doing much tonight. And I got tomorrow off, so I'll see you when you're ready. All right. Thanks again. When he heads on back. I look up and down the, the street before you go out, like I stop <laughs> you, make sure there's no slick snakes out there. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I think everything's okay uh, for the most part. Uh, yeah, no, you seem alright. Yeah, he crosses his fingers where you can see it. 
Go ahead, uh, yeah, see you in a bit. All right, so Walter, you leave, go home. Lenny, what do you do? I got to page the big man. All right, so you page the big man. Chuckles. You get the beep, 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 and you give your number in. Uh huh, and then, like, with like the secret emergency code 911. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. But you, uh, you page him and wait a couple minutes, and then a little bit longer, a little bit longer, and you don't get any call back. I page again, like, after 10 minutes. All right, you page again, and you get no answer. Okay. And that's where we're going to leave the episode off at, guys. Fiddlesticks. Did you just punch something, Jenny? Yeah, just like this. Oh, man. You just slammed the table. Jesus. I don't have any video of you, Jenny. I just <laughs> I just heard random things crashing. This is why we can't play in person. She'll, she'll flip it. I'll flip the fucking table right over. Flip the whole game. Jenny, oh, it sounds like you're going a little crazy there, but that's okay because sanity is overrated. Hey, this is George. Just a quick reminder to like, follow, and review us if you like what you're hearing. And if you want to support us and make our show better, head on over to our Patreon. You can always email us at contact at thatcthulujohn.com with any comments. And you can follow us on Instagram at thatcthulujohn.